The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. So here we are. It's about the end of 2019. And uh, we're going to look back and see some of the amazing things that have happened this year in 2019, some of the trends, some of the newsmakers, some of the things that maybe shouldn't have been newsmakers, but were anyways, and get some insights into kind of where we are now that we've had another year of activity in artificial intelligence. Yeah, we thought that it was, you know, a really good time to reflect back and see some of the big activity like we had talked about and just, you know, where the market's gone in the past year, because a year is a very long time and there's been a lot of good things that have going on. So, you know, one of the first big trends that we saw in 2019 was that the government is really accelerating their strategic push on AI. A few months ago, the White House updated their National Artificial Intelligence Strategy, and they set a non-defense AI R&D budget of $973 million, which is a lot of money. And, you know, that's for fiscal year 2020. So really starting to make a big strategic push into AI. Yeah. And of course, it's not just the U.S. Countries all around the world are doubling down on their investments in AI. And of course, China, we always like to talk about the Chinese activities, but it's also interesting all these other countries have been really focused and see the competitive advantage for artificial intelligence. Australia has put uh, 29, uh, almost $30 million into the country, which is honestly a a bit of a drop in the bucket. But (laughs) you know, it's funny when we talk about AI and investments, we're like, well, how does that compare to some funding rounds of certain companies? (laughs) And that's why Ron's like, well, you know, Companies have raised more in Series B than $29.9 million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. companies have, have raised more even in their seed rounds than, than Australia has put in to their whole year's annual budget. But you know what? It still goes to show that this is important enough to call out separately. It's not embedded in some other funds. And other countries like Estonia has uh, released their AI strategy and Lithuania and a bunch of the Baltic states are all kind of focusing on that. And I think it's really more just an indication that it's not just the domain of large developed you know, countries that have lots of money anyways and just say, okay, well, AI is this year's big thing and then maybe next year it's going to be something else. Mm -hmm. And so then when they put money at it, it's like, okay, well, that's good for them. But when small countries are putting money into artificial intelligence and making it budget for them, it makes a much bigger deal. And so therefore, that's why they are investing. And so for us, that was one of those trends for 2019 and worth spotting. Right. And that's why we think it's also important to bring up, because like Ron said, you know, the United States, China, maybe a few other really large, large countries are investing in AI. But we're starting to see other countries, you know, he mentioned some Baltic states, but Saudi Arabia and Spain, Sweden, Malaysia, Kenya, Italy, India, Finland, all of these Sweden. I mean, you know, there's many dozens of countries now that are saying AI is so important. We need to be thinking about this as a countrywide level. So we saw a lot of activity in 2019. We saw it in a few years prior, and we expect that we're going to continue to see it in the years to come as well. Mm hmm. So one of the things that we noticed in 2019, and definitely something we're going to be talking about in our predictions for 2020, so you should definitely be looking ahead to that podcast and kind of looking a little bit from last year and moving into this year, is that last year we talked a lot about the growth of pre-trained models and how that was going to be become a big thing. And we were pretty much spot on. We saw a lot of growth in that and the growth of third-party models. But one of the other things we're seeing is this increasing trend to be using other people's models. And so one of the things we're started to see in 2019 and one of those predictions for 2020 is the growth of MLI. Ops, machine learning operations, 
And I think that's something we're definitely going to see, and that being the year of model as a service. But I think sort of in general, a lot of that talks about sort of the way that we're seeing AI being adopted, both in the enterprise and, as Kathleen mentioned earlier, in the public sector. And part of that trend has to do a little bit with what we're seeing around the use of other people's models and, of course, the use of data. And so there's been a lot more attention on, uh, I would say, even more hesitancy in 2019 about the way that our data is being used to train some of these models that now are becoming more and more prolific across the enterprise and public sector. Yeah, one thing that we've started to see this year is the individual taking responsibility for their data and saying, you know, I think that this is misuse of my data or I don't feel comfortable with this anymore. And so we had talked about earlier GDPR and how that is playing into how it's basically become a de facto worldwide law. So the general data privacy regulation was passed around, you know, the beginning of 2019. And it was a European Union law, but by default is become a a worldwide law because of how, you know, companies, where they store their data and who their users are. But another thing that we started to see is that in 2019, the state of California passed a data privacy law. And so where is that going to come into play? It's, it's officially going to take place and take effect in January of 2020. So we have yet to see some implications of it yet. But, you know, how is that going to make a play? And we'll talk more about that in our predictions for mm-hmm. 2020. But it's important to say, you know, this came about because in 2019, people are really paying attention to how companies are using their data. And so laws and regulations are now starting to come because of that. Right. So the law that they passed this in 2019 is called the California Consumer Privacy Act, CCPA. So if you start seeing that acronym around, that's what that's all about. And just like GDPR, you might be thinking, oh, that only applies to California. Or like GDPR only applies to Europe. But as Kathleen just mentioned, GDPR doesn't just apply to Europe. It applies to anybody who's pushing anything through Europe, which is pretty much everybody. And you might say, well, the CCPA only applies to tech companies in California. But like, but which companies are in tech in California? Google well, but and also, Facebook and even Amazon has offices. In, in I like to say, you know, California has strict emissions. And now by default, all cars follow California emissions that are sold in the United yeah, States. Yeah, fuel standards and all that mm-hmm. sort of good stuff. So, you know, one of the things that we've been more involved with at Cognolytica and also individually, both Kathleen and myself, is serving more of a role to provide some guidance on ethical use of AI and data transparency. We're both members of the working group, an association called ATARC, and ATARC, A-T-A-R-C dot org, if you want to look up more information about it, because I forget exactly what the acronym stands for at the moment. But basically, they're coming up with all sorts of standards and efforts to push best practices in the government. And we're working on a transparency score that'll help measure the transparency of these models. Not to establish that there should be level that these models need to be at a particular level of transparency, just to measure where they are Mm -hmm. so that you can make a decision as to whether or not you want to use that model, whatever your activity is. And we think that that transparency score is going to become much more of a factor as companies are using models that they purchased instead of built in-house. Mm-hmm. So moving on a little bit, you know, we did see a lot of news in 2019 around funding and venture mm-hmm. capital and investment. And it's kind of hard to ignore the noise that's coming out of the robotic process automation space. We've spent a lot of time talking about RPA and pretty much anybody in the know that's been involved in this, even for like a minute, knows that RPA really isn't AI at all, actually, because it's just 
process and task automation. If anything, you know, we've been going around saying, well, this is sort of the iteration of workflow automation, which people say, oh, that makes sense. It's just software workflow automation. But it is automating the things that humans do, right? That's the reason why it has this crossover into AI world is that we're not automating API calls and we're not automating machine to machine communication. That's been the world of enterprise integration for decades. Whenever we've had two machines that ever had to talk to each other, that's when we started doing integration. But the sort of like the insight with RPA is we're automating the human tasks that have traditionally been done through machines. So cutting and pasting, typing, swiping, clicking, whatever it is. And people realize that there's an awful lot of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those processes where a human needs to do something on a computer, a lot of those can be automated. And while there's no intelligence, there's not a lot, there's no hardly any machine learning in any of those solutions, right? Maybe they've added a little bit of machine reading, uh, natural language processing, maybe some document processing, maybe a little, you know, this or that, maybe a little bit of predictive analytics. The, the solutions themselves, the fundamental core of it is just automating what the human would otherwise be doing manually. Right. And that's that's good. Mm-hmm. But as Ron mentioned, you know, there's been some heavy investment into this space. In April of 2019, UiPath raised $568 million in a Series D funding. And then that valued the company at $7 billion. And in November 2019, Automation Anywhere raised an additional $290 million for a $6.8 billion valuation. So whenever we hear numbers like that, one, we go, wow, that's a lot, a lot of money raised. And then number two, those are really crazy valuations. And somebody had pointed out that the market, the whole RPA market isn't even worth that much money. So how can individual companies within that market be worth that much? Yeah, if you add up the valuation of the top three leaders, if you want to think of them that way, the people have the greatest market share in terms of revenue, you know, UiPath, Automation Anywhere, Blue Prism, right? And even if you add a couple of the other sort of hangers on, if you add their valuations up, you're like in $30, $40 billion territory. But there's not a single credible analyst in the market that's going to tell you that people are spending $30 billion worth of their money on RPA. Maybe maybe not even for the next 10 years, they'll be spending that much. Mm-hmm. So that means that the val- these companies are valued a lot bigger than the whole market itself, which may lead to say, well, maybe they're going to pivot and do other things, or maybe just that the venture capitalists are just like in the case of WeWork, way overvaluing these companies. Right. They shouldn't be worth, there's no way, now nobody would say that WeWork is worth $50 billion. It's, you know, it's, we may be having a change in my back pocket you know, to value that company. And I know, speaking facetiously, but that's the point. It's like, you, know, you should not look at venture capital as a guide to how much a market is actually worth. Sometimes it's just the economics of how the investor community works. And we talk about just that market for venture capital, but lots of AI companies continued to raise very significant rounds Mm -hmm. in 2019. And, you know, for 2020, we had done, I think in maybe early 2019 or 2018, even we did a podcast about venture funding in AI and it's still hot. It's still crazy. And we're probably going to be doing watch out for 2020 because we'll be doing a follow on podcast to that with an update of where things stand in Mm -hmm. that market. But just in general, no, that it's still hot, it's still heavily invested in, and we think it will be for quite some time. Yeah, and sort of like a sad note, one of the things we noticed is that a lot of robotics companies, especially the physical hardware robotics companies, still seem to be struggling. And uh, we had a couple of companies that went out of business in 2019. We talked about in 2018 how Rethink went out of business. 
But even this year, we had, I think, Jibo and that company with the cute little <laughs> thing. They, I'm blanking on the name of them. They went out of business too. And I think the issue is that robotics is still hard. It's still expensive. Mm-hmm. The economics of the robotics industry still seems to be difficult. That being said, it's like, we're like, okay, well, you know, maybe like take 100 million of the dollars you give to some of these, uh, these right? software automation companies and put them in some of these harder ones and maybe we can keep the momentum going there. So, so that's sort of enough on the venture, the venture fund, funding. Lecture. All right. In other news, GPT-2, that yeah. came out in 2019. What is that all about, Ron? So GPT-2, so if you're not familiar with OpenAI, so OpenAI is a company consortium, whatever, funded by, in part by Elon Musk and the rest of those folks. They're trying, they're working on research, especially around artificial general intelligence. They have this big movement. Actually, Microsoft put a billion dollars. Yes, they did. A billion dollars. Well, they OpenAI. promised a yeah. billion dollars. A they commitment. Yeah. A commitment for a billion. But still, that's a big commitment to help push the investment and research around artificial general intelligence. And if you're not familiar with AGI, it's the idea of creating the intelligence that can handle all of the different cognitive tasks that we as humans can do with all of the variability and the agility, like you don't have to retrain your brain model on things. So can you build that general intelligence that can handle all these tasks? It's sort of like a, an ultimate end goal vision for AI research. And OpenAI is working on that. But on the road to artificial general intelligence are all these more incremental things that they're working on, the more mundane things, which are still trying to prove all the amazing tricks that AI machine learning could do. And one of those things that they talked about early in 2019 was they created this model called GPT-2, which is it's a platform for generating text. And actually, we're getting the definition here. But basically, it's it's a platform for generating text from a corpus of text. And you can give it a very small start input, and it'll create basically reams of volumes of text that are very realistic, that sound like they've been created by a human. This is so powerful that in the beginning, they didn't want to... They actually uh, didn't want to release it to the public mm because they were afraid of what would happen. So this actually happened back in February of Mm -hmm. 2019. So it's been quite some time now. And GPT-2 is a text-generating AI system that experts have warned could be used for malicious purposes. But this really goes to showcase, you know, how far we've come with generating text from AI and how accurate it is and how it seems like a human actually created this. Yeah. And so early they just they released sort of the basic version of the model. And then later, and they said, well, we're not going to release this larger, more powerful version until we kind of figure out if people are doing anything malicious with it. And then basically they realized that people weren't necessarily, you know, doing anything that malicious with it. And so they started to release more and more different versions of the model. And basically by the end of 2019, they released the full-fledged model. And just to give you some ideas about this model, so GPT-2 stands for the Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, which is basically, as it may sound, a generative network. So if you're familiar with AI, it's a neural network that basically consists of two parts, a, a generator and a discriminator. And basically it can create things that look realistic. You may be familiar with something called generative adversarial networks, GANs, because they create things like deep fakes, like putting Nicolas Cage's face on Patrick Stewart's body and doing all sorts of other not as wholesome things. And so that's what these generative models are. They basically predict or generate what could possibly come next in a sequence. So if I start with one word, I say, you know, pink, maybe the next word is unicorn or balloon or something based on what it thinks the next word is, right? And it uses it based on being trained in a model. And of course, the P in GPT is pre-trained, means that OpenAI, in this case, pre-trained this model on a very large amount of text, billions of connections. And the transformer is basically the T part, basically is it converts this 
it transforms to something called transformer architecture, which is another way of basically building these networks to generate outputs. And of course, the two is the second version of that. So uh, (laughs) this thing was very powerful. And basically now the full thing is released and you have access to this. And there are many people doing interesting things with it. So that's basically big news because it goes to show like what you can do with the power of large amounts of data. And we'll still have to see if people are going to do bad things with it. Right. Another trend that we saw in 2019 is people becoming, you know, really acutely aware of how data and how important data is to train AI. And I think people who have been in the industry really know this, but it started to come to the forefront about some of the limitations and how, you know, humans still are in the loop with a lot of this. So back in very early 2019, I think January 2019, Cognolytica published a data labeling and data preparation report. And since then, the increasing awareness of how important it is to have labeled data, to prep your data, to clean your data has really come to the forefront. And a lot of publications, New York Times, Reuters, a whole bunch of other people have published and talked about this as well. So that was something that we noticed in 2019 that it just, you know, people started to become, as we said, you know, people were aware of data usage. People are also aware of how hard it can be to actually get data into a usable format once you've captured that data to use it to train models. Because as we always say, data is at the heart of AI and garbage in is garbage Mm -hmm. out. So if you train your model on bad Mm -hmm. data, you'll get bad results. Yeah, And speaking of train, we also do a lot of been doing a lot of training ourselves. So this is the kind of thing we've been spending a lot of our time in 2019. You know, we've done a lot of, uh, of, we have a three-day sort of training assert on a methodology called CPMAI, which stands for the Cognitive Process Manage- Project Management for AI. And if it's a methodology used by a lot of large organizations and public sector federal organizations on running AI projects. And as Kathleen mentioned, the core of running a successful AI project is data management. It's not building code. Coding is not the core of AI because actually the code for AI is either fairly standard or fairly straightforward, but it doesn't really do anything because if you have a lot of bad labeled data, your recognition system or your generative, it's not going to do anything. So we spend a lot of time talking about the best practices and what the industry is doing there. And that's something we do. We're ha- we have a number of open enrollment uh, live virtual classes. We have, we've had students from all over the world, which is one of the other big insights that we have is that, the ins- that AI is definitely a worldwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's growing and the momentum continues across the enterprises. We've had you know, clients from Australia and Canada, of course, all over the U.S. and Europe and India and all sorts of places. So it continues, you know, for people who are saying that AI is uh, like a lab project or like a side project, we'll say, no, AI is being used in so many ways and in so many sort of mundane day-to-day ways that is providing real practical value for enterprises. Exactly. And I hope, you know, listeners who have listened to our podcast for quite some time are picking up on that. We tried to have real-world practical use cases of AI. We have companies come on here and showcase how they're using AI in the real world today, not just in the lab and not just, you know, fantasy and where they want to see it going, but how they're actually using it. So we hope that, you know, it gives you guys thoughts and some actions maybe that you can take back to your organization as well. Because at the end of the day, we want to make sure that this is lasting. This is real. People don't get confused. They don't get caught up in some of the marketing hype that's continued. And so in 2019, you know, we really wanted to have this podcast to kind of reflect back on the year that was and highlight some of the trends and important things that we've been seeing. And we think that, you know, it was another really hot year and we're very excited. So as always, listeners, let us know some of your use cases too. And please talk to us, communicate with us, let us know as well. 
Yeah. And some of the other insights, by the way, from 2019, we spent a lot of time on the seven patterns. And so at the very beginning of the year, we, we really launched our seven patterns of AI. And we, as you may have seen over the course of this past year, we've had many podcasts focusing on each of these patterns. And if you're not familiar with the seven patterns, you should go back and listen to those podcasts. Because what we have found is that after looking through several hundred, several thousand implementations of AI, they tend to fall into these patterns. And you can be like, oh, you're doing a recognition project? Well, here's how all recognition projects are generally run. Or maybe if you're doing a a hyper-personalization project or predictive analytics or patterns and anomalies or or autonomous systems Mm -hmm. or a goal-driven. By the way, those are all the seven patterns right there. (laughs) Um, And we found that over the course of that year, people have really latched onto that. So I would say for continuing that momentum, you will see us talk more and more and looking maybe at those specific patterns and looking at some implementations who have been been focused on those patterns. Yep. And as Ron mentioned, we do have podcasts that will go over that. But if you'd like to learn more and have a live webinar so that we can walk through these live in person and then you can ask your questions, go to AIToday.live and make sure to sign up because we will be having webinars throughout the year. So you'll be the first to get notified about upcoming webinars that you can sign up for. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a bunch of other predictions that we're going to talk about in our next podcast. So you should listen to that. And we have also, there's lots of other things that have happened in AI in 2019. This wasn't necessarily- Yeah, this was just a highlight. We could go on for probably hours, but we want to highlight just a few of the major things that we've seen. As I mentioned earlier, reach out to us if you think that there's something that you know you saw that you thought was a really big trend or news for 2019. Reach out. We always love to hear from our listeners. And we'll make sure to link to show notes, the seven patterns of AI, as well as GPT-2, our data prep and data labeling report, and a few other notable news is <laughs> that we talked about <laughs> for stories. 2019. So listeners, as always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.